I do this for my culture, 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 culture. Peace and welcome to For the Culture right here on WEAA 88.9 FM and WEAA.org. Absolutely the voice of the community. I'm your host, Faraji Muhammad. Thank you so much for checking in and riding with me this evening, folks. Happy Wednesday. Are you, are you counting down to Memorial Day? I am. Counting down to the long weekend. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. Um, folks, we got a great show for you. I am really excited about tonight's show. Woo, I'm excited about this one. Woo, I'm excited about this. I mean, I'm always excited about the shows, but... Because here's why, folks. Here's why. Um, the, the, the fact is... I, you know, we've been talking about the killing of George Floyd. And I call this show The Killing of George Floyd Part 2. Because um, we've been talking about this, about what has happened over the past year. And yesterday, I thought we had a very, you know, very fruitful conversation. I thought, you know, we, we were able to get a lot of things out there. But my spirit still wasn't put to ease to the point where I was like, okay, well, I think we've covered this enough. Let's move on. I still want to cover something. So I was, I was, um, you know, just searching through the news, and then I came across this clip. And, and, and today, folks, I mean, we're going we're gonna, to... I want to walk you... I'm going to just slow walk you into this, to my thinking, because as much as we talked about justice and policing. There's another part of this conversation about money that I think that we really need to key in on. Money, economics. Because police brutality, as much it is talking, as much it is inhumane, unjust, um, as much as it is wrong, via, you know, uh, illegal, all of those things, the economic component of police brutality in this country speaks volumes. And tonight, we're going to kind of go a little bit deeper along that track of understanding the economic side of police brutality. Y'all with me on this? the economic side, because in America, it comes down to dollars and cents. Now, I know many of you have preached that gospel. I know. I know. You see, Faraji, we talk about this. We talk about boycotts. We, we talk about you want to hit them in the pockets and all of those things. And I, and I agree with you. I, I, I do agree with you. I'm not saying I don't. I agree with you, but at the same time, that I think that that's not the only thing that's involved here. That's part of it. And so tonight I said, okay, let's, let's look at that part. So um, let's start, I want to start off the conversation talking about um, money as it relates to where corporate America is on this whole issue of police brutality. That's where I want to start, where corporate America is. Because a year ago, when before George Floyd was ha had happened, I mean, there was some movement in corporate America. There was uh, some discussion in corporate America about 
making sure that these companies acknowledge that a wrong had been committed, that a violation was done. There was there was some talk. I mean, if we can go back to Trayvon Martin, I think, we, you know, and I always use that as a reference point because that's really when the Black Lives Matter situation, the Black Lives Matter movement started. It was from that trial of George Zimmerman. So if we go back to that point, then we go to, now we look forward. So companies in this country are trying to figure out how to appeal, and I'm using that word, appeal to black consumers. Some people would say that black consumers have power, right? Some people would say we have a what they call a buying power, quote unquote. Um, we have a $1.3 trillion buying power. That means that we contribute that much money into the economy when it comes to goods and services in this country, right? $1.3 trillion. And, and the numbers change, you know, it says 1.1, so I've seen some as high as 1.7, but I'm saying on average about 1.3. Okay, so we know that happen, that is happening. So people are saying, okay, yeah, you have a buying power. Other folks say that's not power because you're still a consumer. You're not a producer. So therefore... You, you really don't have power because if you had power, then you would be able to gain from that power. Okay. Good point. Good point. So now companies are trying to figure out what is the right tone, the right message, um, the right stance to make when it comes to appealing to black consumers. We saw a lot of this happening. And you see this every year, folks. We see it every year. Let me get case in point. Black History Month. Every year now, every major company, whether you're talking about in food, whether you're talking about in streaming services, whether you're talking about in clothes, every company has their black history message. And come, you know, February the 1st, Boom, here comes the black history message. Here comes the images of black people in commercials. Here comes all of that stuff, you know. So what, I'm saying that because companies now are trying to figure these things out. And now people, I think a lot of black folks are waking up, quote unquote, to the tactics. Because when it all comes down to it, it's about really about a bottom line. Now, I want to throw this idea out there, and then I want to jump a little bit into this conversation. Let's keep in mind, folks, companies are not people. Okay? Just, just keep that in mind. Any major company, Walmart, Ford, Pepsi, Coke, um, Gap, whatever, any company, are, they do not represent people. That's not people. That's not a person. Companies are made up of people, but it is an entity. It's a business, right? So companies, quote unquote, don't have feelings. Now, we often in, in this system of things, and I'm saying in capitalism, the narrative is that these companies, quote unquote, care. Right? So we say, you might hear a company says, yes, here at so-and-so, we care. Right? So you hope that when they say we care, that that means from the top of the company to those at the bottom of the company, everybody has the sentiment that they care. That's not true. That's not true. The reality is some people care more about the bottom line than they do about the audience or the consumers that they're trying to reach, okay? So we're in this very weird place where companies are trying to come from this 
this stance of, hey, we care. So that's what happened um, last year. When we saw the issue of George Floyd being killed, companies started coming out with a bunch of statements. They started to look at this situation and say, oh, man, we have to stand up against this. Enough is enough. So there were a lot of messages of solidarity coming from companies where they championed equity, where they talked about, you know, racism is bad. And they, 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 they vowed to make changes within their own ranks to make sure that justice prevails at every level of management of the company. Let me just share with you a couple of the, the statements. Some of them said statements of, uh, such as, until racial justice is a priority for America, policies and the corporations who profit off of our labor, we will not rest in working to bring about an equitable nation for our company, for our communities, and the generations to come. These are the type of statements that we've been hearing for the past. We heard at the beginning of this, kind of as things kind of died down, we heard less of it. And then when things started kicking back up within the Black Lives Matter movement, people protesting again around the time that Derek Chauvin was convicted and all of that stuff, these messages came back out. It was a big situation. So now the questions are becoming, people are becoming much more um, critical about the roles of these companies and asking them, and are saying, essentially, statements and well wishes aren't enough. And I'm going to ask you this. What do you expect from companies? They're not people. Right? They're not people. They can't hold your hand. They can't give you a hug. They can't pat you on the back. They can't. But what do you expect? Should we expect anything from these companies? Should we expect anything? Now, one of the big things that people have been placing on companies, and this is very interesting, it's a very interesting dynamic, is that a lot of these your major companies from like McDonald's to Nike, they talked about uh, state-sanctioned violence. They talked about police brutality against black people. They, they pledged to support com communities. Um, and many companies back in, as of June of 2020, donated nearly $1.7 billion to eradicate racism, folks. These were, that is the number from corporations uh, for racial and social justice causes because of the killing of George Floyd. So you had companies like Google, they pledged $12 million. Amazon, $10 million. Bank of America, $1 billion. Cisco Systems, $5 million. Coca-Cola, $2.5 million. Comcast, $100 million. Electronic Arts, $1 million. That's the gaming company. Facebook, $10 million. Home Depot, $1 million. Intel Corporation, the chip maker, said that it would support uh, the nonprofit organizations, including the Black Lives Matter Foundation and the Center for Policing Equity. $1 million. They make chips for every computer that we use. Okay. And they gave a million dollars. The Lego company. Now, anytime, Dre, anytime the Lego company gives... Now, this is the Lego... I'm talking about the actual Lego company. A Danish toy maker, anytime they give you more than the American companies, they give $4 million... While in some companies in America only gave $1 million. Okay. Microsoft. Microsoft. You know the software we use? $1.5 million. This is how much they pledge. $1.5 million. Come on, bro. Microsoft, come on. You know that's a that's a salary of one of your CEO, one of your executives. Netflix. I remember when George Floyd was killed. You went on Netflix. Do you remember seeing this, Dre and Demi? 
they had a solidarity message on Netflix. Did y'all ever see that? I saw it. It was like, we stand in solidarity. They gave a million dollars. I guess their stand was short. Um, Nike, 40 million. Okay. Nike is the top sports apparel company in the world. Okay. Price Waterhouse Coopers, 1 million. Procter & Gamble, 5 million. I'm just telling you, Target, the retailer, 10 million. So people are asking a question and saying, like, what is this? And should we expect more from companies? I want you to join me in a conversation. 410-319-8888. 410-319-8888. Should we have a much larger conversation about these companies? Because there's, again, I heard you, and please, I heard you when you said, folks, we need to boycott. I've heard that part. I'm saying, okay, if we're not in for the boycott, let's look at another strategy. Because tonight, I want us to talk about the economic strategy. You'll understand this why. This is why I'm so excited. You'll understand why, because let's start off talking about these companies, then I'm going to share with you something else. But if, if we're talking about the economic strategy that's going to push the conversation around social and racial justice forward, and if people are not going to boycott, then should, what, what, what should be expected? Walmart gave, they pledged $100 million over five years, so you're talking about $20 million a year. Warner Music Group, this is the big music company, $100 million. Now, this is a pledge. This is a pledge. So sometimes you, you, you know how you pledge for things? Like, yeah, I'm going to do it. You know, something come up, so... What had happened was, I mean, that can happen, <laughs> right? You can say that you're going to give something, but not necessarily come through with that. Uh, Yum Brands. This is the parent company of fast food chains like Kentucky Fried Chicken, Taco Bell, and Pizza Hut. They said that they were going to give $3 million donating funds to the NAACP Legal Fund and edu Legal Defense and Educational Fund, the ACLU, and other nonprofit organizations fighting for social justice in Louisville, Kentucky. So they gave $3 million. Let's go to the phone lines. Do you, should we expect more? At a year in, how should we have a conversation about economic justice now that we're a year after the killing of George Floyd, now that we're another year into the movement for, 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 for black lives and, and for preserving black lives? How should we have this conversation? All right, let's go to Robert in Northwest Baltimore kicking us off. Robert, what's your take? Hey, good evening. Yeah. Hey, it's a good subject, man. It's a but good subject? Know, uh, yeah, it's a good subject, buddy. Yeah, Look, yes, sir. You know the, the companies that you just read off is very hypocritical because those same multinational corporations here in this country are responsible for the world ill. Now, they're the ones who dictate and fund and support and help legislate the foreign policy that the United States government go out and implement yeah. against these companies. Yeah. Now, it doesn't surprise me that they want to play both both sides of the road with this. Uh, this goes all the way to the strategy of the Rothschilds, when the Rothschilds were funding wars funding both sides of the war mm. and, and funding the colonials. So it, it, it doesn't surprise me that these companies was going, and look, they, um, they show you just how petty they really are with some of these countries that took in, um, companies that took in billions of dollars in profit, and they're only giving up a million and a half dollars. Yeah. And it's just like what you just said. That's one of the challenges of one of the executives. So that the sincerity is not there. Look, you're going to Baltimore, for example, going to our community, and see how many people sponsoring uh, the black community here. Uh, they talk about Freddie Gray. Well, I'm quite sure there was a lot more companies interested in what went down with Freddie Gray. And where's our monetary support? Yeah. Where are the little league baseball teams? We're literally uh, uh, um, on football leagues. 
you see, uh, we're at an early entry level um, nursing school uh, for our kids coming out of um, uh, high school. Yeah. Junior high school going into high school. These are the kind of development we're talking about. They're yeah. setting up shop, General Motors, where are you um, setting up shop for kids to learn um, um, skills, carpentry. All these have to do with um, with um, uh, habitat, temporal humanity. Uh, are you sending any of your instructors in the school to help with carpentry and building houses? Right, see, right. These are the kind of things we're talking about, man. Hey, hey, hey Rob, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. And 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 I and I think that's the big part of this, that that we are, um, we are in that place, because I wonder, you know, and, and you know, I'm seeing some writers are saying like we should expect more, that that this should not, this should be something else. So if we if we can't get everybody to boycott, because I know that's the number one strategy, then what's another strategy? How do we how do we make sure that we make some gains economically that's for the benefit of social and racial justice? Let's go to Miss Margaret in Pikesville. Miss Margaret, what's your take on this? Well, Faraji, thanks for the ride and thank you so much for keeping me educated and keeping me enlightened on the things of us as a people. I think that the very companies that you name of the very companies that we have spent all our money at. All our money. And I want my 40 acres and a mule. That's what I want. I want my 40 acres and a mule. I think that what they're doing, again, is a, uh, an appeasement. They're not sincere. And I think that they should be setting up uh, their... I wanted to ask you, has the money been received that they're pledging to give? Has it been given? So, you know, I would like to see the money come back to the black community. I would like them to see them literally come in and build a recreation center and staff it and fund it or build um, uh, a fresh produce place and, and fund it and, and, and carry on the expenses. of. I'd like to see the money be given directly to um, the communities that have suffered the most behind this. And it's not just major corporations either. It's medical, too, because there's greatness of disparity in the medical field as well. No doubt. So no they doubt. need to just give me my 40 acres and a mule and be done with it. There it is. Ms. Marcus, appreciate you so much for checking in from Pikesville. Please drive safely. Uh, folks, we got to take a quick pause. When we come back, I got Jean, Liv, Ray, and Pedro out of Edgewood. That's one that wanted to uh, join us in a conversation. Folks, I'm asking a question about economic justice. Because this is just the first part. I'm just giving you an appetizer to the, main, uh, for the, to the main course that's coming up in a little bit. But as we have this conversation about the killing of George Floyd, looking at where we are, progress one year later in this country. Now, these companies across America, major billion-dollar corporations. Some are multi-million, others a billion. Amazon is a billion-dollar-plus corporation. They just bought MGM Studios, the Hollywood movie studios, for $8.45 billion. Nearly $8.5 billion for a movie studio. I know they, 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 they want to make movies. I know. I get that. But at the same time, though, when you buy a movie studio for $8.5 billion, right? However, and, and, and yet, when it comes to how much money is actually going to be, has been pledged for social justice by not just one or two companies, but 10, 15 different companies, and the total of that is only $1.7 billion. As of June of last year, that means that we got a lot of work to do. And the work that we have to do, folks, is not just about the injustice, you know, fighting justice on the front of policy, we do have to do some work in fighting justice economically. 
So I'm I'm I want us to have a that conversation. I want you to join me. 410-319-8888. Also post your com- your comments on my Facebook page at Faraji Muhammad. And of course, stay riding with us. We got a lot to get to in the second 30 of For the Culture on WEAA. I do this for my culture, 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 Peace and welcome back to For the Culture here on WEAA 88.9 FM and WEAA.org. Absolutely the voice of the community. I'm your host, Faraji Muhammad. Thank you for checking in and riding with me. Folks, we are talking about economic justice, and this is uh, our conversation around the one-year acknowledgement of the killing of George Floyd. This is our second part of the conversation as we talk about economic justice in um, leading the way for racial justice. We're talking about money, money, money. Just as much we need to talk about policy and policing, there needs to be a conversation about money. Big conversation, often kind of separated from other things. But see, I want us to make sure, and I want us to understand this very, just very quickly. Uh, you can't have policy without economy. And vice versa. You can't have economy without policy. They go hand in hand, folks. See, when you have power, then that means that you are able to shape the economics of a situation as well as the policy of that situation. That's what America is, that's what America understands. That's what this country knows. This is what this country is based upon and operate from. Policy along with economics. If you try to say, all right, well, I just want to do the economics, but no policy, then you're not going to get too far. But then if you get policy with no economics, then you're not going to be as strong either. So we're talking about companies, major corporations, Fortune 500 companies, companies that are on the, uh, the, the stock market right there on Wall Street, how they must go a lot further in their uh, commitment to racial and social justice. A sister by the name of Arisha Hatch, she wrote a piece for The Root, theroot.com. She says, one year after protests for racial justice, corporations must go beyond their statements and commit to racial justice through their policies. Okay. But then there's policy as well as economics. She said that... uh, uh, Nearly every industry statement in support of racial justice directly contradict the role that they've played in upholding systemic racism. Wall Street should not be comfortable writing a check to racial justice organizations without taking accountability for centuries of racist banking policies that have built systems of economic injustice. If big oil corporations claim to live their values of diversity and inclusion, they must acknowledge accountability for their role in the decades-long damages of environmental racism, policy, and economy. After dedications to support black workers and even adopting black aesthetics for their own profit, the bare minimum Nike can do is provide their black workers with an actual living wage. Retail companies cannot simultaneously support the fight against injustice while while prioritizing their profits over their workers. Amazon. These empty promises are a public relations stunt, and we refuse to stand by while these companies make a profit off of performative activism. The bottom line? Racial justice means more than words and throwing money at the problem. It requires taking meaningful actions and going beyond the statement to back up their support for black people by addressing systemic racism within their own business structures. So this sister is talking about, you know what, what the company's view is, they take, they take economy. They take the road of, I'm going to throw some money at it and keep doing what we're doing on this side instead of understanding that you got to throw money at it but then at the same time, you got to clean up house. You got to make sure that within your internal structure, 
there's equity, there's justice. And then at the same time, you have to also be a voice. That The folks that run these companies have to be a voice to push for more equitable, more racially just policy. See what I'm saying? All right, let's go back to the phone line, see what folks got to say on this. Let's go to Liv. Liv, thank you for checking in. What's your take? I have a feeling this is a great conversation. And thank you for bringing up the op-ed writer. You said her name is... Arisha Hatch. A-R-I-S-H-A Hatch from TheRoot.com. Got it. Got it. I'm going to follow her. But here's what I got to say, okay? Let's not just talk about it. Let's be about it. It's an economic economy and into politics or vice versa. Right. Well, here's the key. Let's talk about the word pledge. You know, um, and that's one thing our children need. They need education because when you throw out one word, it can give you diversity that will not really give you the power to understand what's going on. But yeah. when you use the word pledge, it's either a noun or a verb. I like to know which one they're using. Because when you use a verb, you're saying, I intend to pledge. It's an action. But when you use it as a noun, it's done. It's a done deal. So I would rather want to see the done deal. I put the money up now. And you know what else? Because it's policy-related, let's talk about, I don't know, I watched the show on MPT. And they were doing uh, ancestry um, following. And they found this, this mother and son, and they kind of dated them back to just around, you know, the 1800s. And they took them down to, I think it was South Carolina, and showed them the farm. Well, the, the tip of the story is that the slave owner recognized the work that his slave had done. And in his will, I'm going somewhere, gave his, the, the slave two-thirds of the land and only gave his son one-third. Mm. I'm going to let that rest for a minute, Okay. So what I'm looking at, they had generational wealth. It's our turn. Write us in your will. How about that? Mm. Write us in your will. What you have, sacrifice two-thirds of it to the black community. Yeah. Because you know what the qualifying factor is? The millions of our ancestors that were either brought to this country as slaves or lost in the seas, and the seas are plural. So you really mean it? Well, be about it. Like so, 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 so for What's you, live, you know, outside of the boycott, because I know people say boycott, no. boycott, boycott. Which, well, let me count it in. Hold on one second, because if they don't, the consequence is boycott. Okay. So, you so if we don't get, with them, we got to go hard, like gang. I get that. I get that. Okay. Here's the thing about the boycott. It's a, it's a very effective tool if you can have a galvanizing force to get everybody on board. What we waiting on? Let's do it now. Okay, if what we're waiting on... We we wait, let me tell you, let me tell you. Hey, look, you might, be, you might be ready to go. You might be like, yo, I'm ready to, I'm ready to take this thing to, to... I'm ready to make this thing happen. And we're you know still, why? look, in reality, we're still mm -hmm. dealing with everybody being happy they can go outside. And you know what? The sad thing is we've become too content. And you know what? That's the devil. The mind, when it's content, you know what place it is. It's the, yeah. it's, it's the workshop for the devil or, or ate the heart, however you want to use it, whatever language. Yeah. And that's our problem. We've been sold out to songs, to music, to I can keep going. Not that I don't like rap, but to rap and, 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 and fashion. I can keep going. Yeah. But those of us who know the way, well, we got to travel it. We got to show them. And that's the key. A lot of people are not going to catch it just talking it. We have to show them the way. And, look, and you know what? Not everybody's going to grab it. But we're not worried about everybody. Yeah. We're worried about that power. And that word you said, power, and getting the justification started for our people. So there it is. If they really hey, Liv, I'm going to stop you right there. In your will, two-thirds. There it is. I like it. I like it. I like it. I'm always going to push back on the idea if there's no galvanizing force to get us on the same page, to get us excited 
and to help us to see the vision and the end result of a, of a mass boycott. We've had calls for mass boycotts at many points in the hour struggle. And, and they have worked. They have worked. The last major one I can think of was when we did a mass boycott during the, um, the uh, 20th anniversary of the Million Man March in back in 2015. Going into the holiday season of that year, you saw the numbers decline in terms of the number of folks that have bought Christmas gifts and all of that stuff. That went on a decline. And it hit the industry hard. Um, but if we're talking about getting people back to that space of everybody is on board, we're going to do this mass boycott, there got to be a galvanizing force. And you got to remember, folks, the enemy of our rise understands our behaviors. He and she studies us. They study us every day. They know what we like, what we don't like. They know our spending habits, what we put our money into, and what we don't put our money into. Y'all think this is conspiracy. It's not. But we got to understand the playing field. Let's go back to the line. We got folks waiting. Leilani from Baltimore, thank you for checking in. What's your take on this? So I have quite a few things. First and foremost, thank you so much for even having this discussion. Yes, We've ma'am. needed to have this discussion and then plan a course of action for years. Sure. Um, but a previous caller at the very end of the call, um, prior to Liv, and thank you for all the comments that Liv made because I have um, something about that as well, but mentioned at the very end of the call, I want my 40 acres and a mule, right? Right. Thanks to a dear friend of mine, Tyson Gregory, that took the time and did the research and also shared some of the information with me, we were able to see that, you know, this 40 acres and a mule at this point, right now, at this time, on the very low end, is right now towards the tune of $11 trillion, which is approximately or translates to $850,000 per household. You're talking about if we were to get money from the government? Yes, if we were to. Now, what I appreciate and love, though, was that you were mentioning and told us each each of these different corporations and the amount of money that they actually did put up. They pledged and to put up. This is back in June of 2020. Exactly. Like, it's just, it's... I mean, it, it, I mean it's, it's sad. beyond time. Like, we can't just keep sitting around and waiting for others to do, but because we are due, we do need to make the argument for that. Not only that, but your previous caller, um, Liz, that was just on just now, and I'm so grateful for all the comments that she made as well. Um, she mentioned, you know, the passing down of land. And back when the idea, when, when it was even made for free men, free men were supposed to receive this 40 acres and mule, 1.6 million, because of the Homestead Act, 1.6 million acres were given away to others for free. They didn't earn them. They didn't work for them. They didn't do what our ancestors did. And they got them for free. At this point, that's 400, what is it, 482? 482 billion acres. Mm. Mm. So there's so much more and so much that we could do with that. And thank you so much also for bringing up Wall Street as well, because there's there's so much. You are so right regarding the, the need for the economics, the need for the financial freedom as well in order for real repair to occur. I mean, yeah, I mean, you you, you got and, and I appreciate Leilani so much for checking in. And you're absolutely right. I mean, if we're talking about if we're talking about making real sustainable change, then we, we, we got to have a multi pronged approach. But I love the fact of that urgency. That urgency yeah. is real, which is why we brought it up, because it's like, OK, we're a year after the killing of our brother. And at this point, what, what, what do we do with this? Because in America, there's this big looming question like, oh, what's changed? You know, and we got to go down this like Christmas list of things that have worked and have not worked. Do we got to acknowledge, you know, the, the, the small gains, which is fine, which is necessary. Trust and believe it is. But at the same time, what's the long game strategy? What's, what's, what's the conversation around policy and economics? And that's the big yeah. thing. Leilani, thank you so much for checking in. Let's go to Pedro and Edgewood. Salam, salam alaikum. I think Pedro. one of the biggest things that we need to focus, uh, focus at as a group of uh, African, so-called African-Americans is the fact that 
this country is making money off our backs continuously. No matter what you do, up and down, they're making money off of you. Realize that a lot of this baby housing that we're doing in the community, this is contributing to your downfall because they're going to molest and twist what you create and make it work against you. Hence the Nickelodeon age. All those who are involved in the Nickelodeon age, they're working against you. They're working against your household, period. That's one. Number two, we have to start learning as black men to put our penises in our pants. Because that, I mean, ultimately, we're corrupting society. These women are left defenseless, confused, and everything else, and we're running them up. The men in our society with the control, the knowledge, the power, and I mean in black men, are the same ones that are going out causing a muck in the community. And mm. that's why we never see progress. This is what I'm seeing, not what I, what, this is what I think. Not, this is basically what I see out of my eyes. I see a lot of men with power, and, and they're abusing it just like their oppressor abused them. So you're learning things that your oppressor gave you, and you're never correcting the cycle. The women are supposed to be following after the man. The sun is in the center of the universe, and all the planets travel around it. We must learn this. Whoever taught you your version of spirituality did it to enslave you. Thank you, Faraji. I appreciate you. Thank you, Pedro. Let's go back to the line. Let's go to uh, Gene in Pikesville. Mm. Hey, Faraji. Hey, Gene. Which is credit score, Faraji? Uh, the, 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 the greatest... Thing right now, okay. The number one purchase that we make. What's the number one purchase that we make now? That, that it should a person be homes, makes? right? Should be a home, right? Right. Okay. So I'm gonna start with homes. If you have a Section Eight voucher, that's better than a gold mine, don't you think? <laughs> that's better than a gold mine. You, you, you. If your rent is a thousand dollars, they'll pay seven fifty, and you all you gotta pay is two fifty. Right. And so, how come there isn't a product, right? And, and, and mortgages that will allow a person who has a Section 8 voucher to be able to buy, purchase a home. And there is one. But, but the emphasis isn't on that, and, and the, the people who are most economically depressed are people who are below the poverty level, correct? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So now you have a woman with three children, makes less than 25000 or a man or a woman or uh, whatever, who, who makes less than 9000 but you could get a voucher, but you can't get a mortgage because your credit rating isn't great enough. It's not 800 mm -hmm. But you guaranteed a, 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 your rent or, your, or an amount of money that can be used toward the purchase of a home, but there's no product. You can't use FHA, you can't use VA, no. and you can't use conventional. Right. What is the what is the rate that the feds are loaning banks? Uh, you know, money. Mm, that's a big a, question. A right. bank goes to the Fed and they borrow it at a certain rate, and right. then that the interest rates are based on that amount of money that they can borrow on. But can a how come there is no product for a person who has a Section Eight voucher? in order to buy, to, to buy a house. That would alleviate a large portion of people who are in poverty if there was such a product. And for the world of me, I can't figure it out. Now, I don't mind the, the uh, corporations giving money to the NAACP, Black Lives Matter, uh, Pink Lives Matter, anybody. God bless them if they give the money, but they're, if they're not advocating for thing, a thing like I just explained, mm -hmm. Well, then what are, what are we talking about, Farazi? Well, you know what? What you just explained is what, what we talked about at the beginning of this conversation, which is, you know, after you, you can't have you can't have one with, or without the other between uh, policy yep. and economics. I was clear when you said that. You know what I mean? So so when you're talking about housing in this country. That that you should be able to have a pathway. A person should automatically have a pathway from uh, to to owning a home, uh. even coming out of the Section Eight situation. That there should be a still a pathway. But the the reality is, they don't have a pathway. The Section Eight was established to. It was established with 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 one intention, but now it's sustained with another intention. 
And therefore, people who are on that, some may use it for a little bit to, 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 you know, to springboard into something better, while others just embrace it yeah, and just hope it never ends. It's, it's, it's portable. I know people who were, who were born in, in Maryland, went to school in California, and took their Section 8 voucher and used it for housing while they were in, in, in school, all yeah. the way through to, to, to graduate school. And it's a, it's, and, it's, uh, it's a, and, and that's another system that, you know, and I know it's a big conversation around that, but it's, it's, a, it's a thing of keeping people in a, in a place, in an economic state, of, in an economic state where yeah, they're not making Now you progress. hit the nail right on the head. That's what it's it comes a, it's down a to. Means to keep it, 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 became, it has become a means to keep people in place. But again, our, our leadership doesn't doesn't um, define it define it the way that I did and the way that you just did. Right. See, and that's and, and that is part of the problem. They get the money from the corporations to come up with policies, but the policies that they come up with aren't those that enhance the the, the community. There it is. Love it, Gene. Thank you so much Thank for making you. that comparison. Excellent. Let's go back to the phone lines. Uh, let me hear from who we have. We who else we got here? Because um, let me take a look. Make sure. All right, we got Ray. Ray checking in from Towson. Ray, talk to me. What's your take? How you doing, brother? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, let me just take a second to say, Sam, that we have to talk about Section Eight housing as a path to home ownership. I, that, that, but I digress. Mm. If uh, Pedro is still listening. Let me say to you, Pedro, your call was the best call I heard uh, all year because you talked about the family as the root of economic integrity, who we buy from, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, I don't feel the need for white corporations to give us anything because we blindly throw our money to Apple. And let's tell the truth about it. We give seven, eight, nine-year-olds $1,200 cell phones mm. without question while, they don't, while we don't inspect their homework. We built Nike, as I've said to you before. Mm -hmm. Some of our kids, 20 pair of $200 shoes. Nobody at the PTA meetings. We built Adidas. We built Champion. What have we asked back? as we blindly throw our dollars at Polo, Hillfinger back in the day. Quoting the president of Timberland, who took out a full-page ad, I'm sure you heard about this when you were much younger, quote, I'd rather not see blacks in my boots. I've seen that. Yes, sir. I remember 2014, that. now he's worth $1.54 billion. Who, who are the truly insane the ones that know they're being insulted and still throw their money at these companies and don't protest or the ones who say, I'm going to take advantage of these people. Mm -hmm. we, we pay more taxes throughout Maryland, especially Baltimore City, through the Maryland lottery. Google it. You love Googling it. Mm -hmm. Google it. So we can talk about what they do, what they do, what they do. I could name and I can't because of time, I can name 30 young people from 20 to 30 right now, every single one of them masters, seven of them in medical school right now, they don't have any money. They understand because they were taught by a mother and a father, because, you know, we don't like talking about fathers, as I always say, that delayed gratification is the way to wealth. Mm. And it's not a difficult thing mm. to do because I saw my grandparents do it 50 years ago. So let me ask you this, though, Ray, as we as we, we wrap this part of the conversation, let me ask you, like, it, it, what's the next step for us as a people collectively in light of all of this? You know, is it, is it boycotting? Step, be more specific. Next step to? The next step for... You know, should, you say we shouldn't expect anything from these corporations. Okay. Boom. The next step is I'm, I'm gonna be I'm gonna answer you very succinctly. Last night, I was with a group of about 15 men at the uh, on McCullough Street at the uh, Arena Players. The next step is instead of us throwing money at companies that have no respect for us, is to build our own institutions. Take one quarter of the money that we invest in companies that have no respect to it and invest in 
our own neighborhoods. To do that, we must do what you and the sister that precedes you do. Have a conscious father in at home supporting a conscious black woman teaching our children the same things you expound on every day. You will see in time, and I know I'm not saying you don't now, you will see in time, hopefully sooner than later, the only way to turn this way in, turn this thing around, is inside out, not outside in. I love it. Everything right? starts in the home. I Everything. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much for that. I love it. All right, folks, look, I'm going to take, we got to take a quick pause. And I know some of you are going to help. I know you're going to be excited about this next part of this conversation because we're talking about economics. We're talking about, you know, how do we create the strategy using money, economics as a strategy to get some sort of racial justice, social justice win, right? Because even after a year, we're still in the same place. Some things have changed within some departments and some particular. I mean, we can't even get the policy of the George Floyd Justice for Policing Act to be passed. I mean, and this is the case. This is like the the the, the case that set everything off. And we in a we in a country. We can't even get a, a Justice for Policing Act passed within our Congress. Within the Congress of the United States of America, we can't even get a full, we can't even get that passed on an issue that is still happening. So I'm going to share with you what Ben Crump had to say about this, about using economics and policy when we come back you don't want to miss this folks because when i heard he say what he said i was like oh now i never think of that because i've been critical of mr crump i'm gonna admit that i've been critical of you know some of you might be like well he always the go-to lawyer for these families and he is He's one of the most high-profile lawyers. But when he come back, I'm going to share with you a little something-something that he said that I think speaks volumes about what he do, why he do what he do. We're going to have that conversation. Stay riding with us. It's For the Culture on WEAX. <laughs> 